Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful to be here today to, to hear your word, to sing praise, to give you thanks, to remember that Jesus is risen from the dead. May that truth come to us all the more this day as we reflect on your scripture, all that you have to say to us. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. One of my favorite things is to read uh, answers from children, from youth. You know, if you're like me, if you've sat in a test, right? And you look at a question and you're thinking, oh no, I don't know the answer to this question. So what do you do? Well, you say, well, I can't leave it blank, right? I mean, if I leave it blank, for sure I'm going to get a zero. So I'm going to put something down because hopefully I'm going to get somewhat close to the answer and I'll get some points for it, right? So I'm going to give you a few examples of this, of uh, questions and answers. So first question, explain one of the processes by which water can be made safe to drink. Answer, the person wrote, flirtation makes water safe to drink because it moves large pollutants like grit, sand, dead sheep, and canoeists. I'm glad I don't find any canoeists in my water, you know. Question, how can you delay milk from turning sour? Answer, keep it in the cow. <laughs> That's a good answer, right? I mean, you got to get some points for that, right? How are the main parts of the body categorized, i.e. abdomen? Answer, the lungs and ab um, the body consists of three parts. The brainium contains the brain. The borax contains the heart and the lungs. And the abdominal cavity contains the five bowels, A-E-I-O and U. <laughs> five bowels, right? Question, name a major disease associated with cigarettes. Answer, premature death. <laughs> well, that's true. That does happen from cigarettes, can happen. You know, a lot of people looked at Jesus' life and looked at him dying at age 33, and they probably thought he suffered a premature death. I mean, he's only 33. He had so much more of life to live, right? He could have done so much more with his life, true? But Jesus knew that his purpose for coming to this earth was not only to, to show us the love of God, but it was to, to die for our sins. He came to do what he was called to do. And as we talked about last week in the story, chapter 26, one of those things was to give his life for you and for me. This morning we continue in our series on the story in chapter 27, and we're going to talk about Jesus being raised from the dead and how his being raised from the dead shows that he has power over life and death and that we have great hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that the resurrection of Christ has great importance for our lives. There is a story of uh, a woman whose cat brought in this dead animal one day. And as she looked closer at the animal, she realized it was a bunny. It was not just any bunny rabbit. It was the little girl, Bonnie's bunny, from next door. And she's like, oh, no, this is going to affect my relationship with my neighbor. What am I going to do? So she grabbed the bunny. She got some sort of shampoo. She went over to the sink, and she cleaned the bunny all up. And then she got her blow dryer, and she blow-dried the, the bunny, fluffed it all up, snuck over to her neighbor's yard, put it back in the cage, closed the door, and snuck back to her house without being caught. Took a deep breath and think, oh, good. Now 
She won't blame my cat for the death. Well, the next day she was out in the yard working. She heard some commotion next door. So she looked over her fence and there was the whole family around the cage. And so she said, what's going on? And the mother came over and she said, you're not going to believe it. It's a miracle. A few days ago, we buried Bonnie's bunny over there. <laughs> well, you know, something's dead and it seems to come to life. That is indeed a miracle, right? Well, we might forget that when Jesus talked about being raised from the dead, it shouldn't have been that much of a surprise for people. Because Jesus actually raised people from the dead before he himself died and was risen. So let's talk about uh, three different situations. The first is the widow's son. Jesus has his disciples and a, a number of followers following him. They walk into the city called Nain. As they walk into the city, there's a funeral procession going by. And he realizes it's a widow's son who has died. And we read in Luke 7, 13 to 16, whenever you see like yellow or underlined, please read those parts with me. So let's read together the yellow. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier and the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. See, the widow had lost her husband, and now she had lost her only son, and she had no one to care for her, as was the custom at this time. And so Jesus showed love and compassion by raising her son from the dead, but also gave her great hope. Well, the second passage is found in Luke chapter 8, and it's about Jairus' daughter. Now, Jairus was a synagogue leader, a leader of the religious leaders. And he came to Jesus one day. Again, a crowd was around Jesus, and he was able to push his way through. And he came up to Jesus, and he was begging Jesus, Jesus, please, my daughter is dying. Please, I know you have power. Would you heal my daughter? And while he was talking to Jesus, another man came up to him and said, Jairus, don't bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter has died. In Luke 8, 50 to 55, hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. She was dead, right? Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. And Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Jesus displays power over death. And of course, the third one is the well-known story of Lazarus, right? Lazarus dies and Jesus is with his disciples. And it tells us that he waits three days before he goes to see his friend Lazarus. They're all surprised they would wait this long. And he comes to the tomb where Lazarus is laid. We read in John 11, 38 to 44. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Listen to that again. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. 
So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And I probably would add, you know, a little dazed and confused, right? Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. We see that the scripture talks about Jesus doing his miracles for the purpose of people seeing his power, but he also raised the dead to life so that they could know that he was the Messiah, the one come from God, the one to save the people from their sins. If he could raise people from the dead, surely he could save us from our sins. Surely he is the Messiah. And so Jesus' resurrection has great importance because it shows that he has power over death. There's a book entitled, When It Was Dark, The Story of the Great Conspiracy. And it was written by Guy Thornton in 1903. And basically, the, the book talks about the moral collapse that would exist if it was found out that the resurrection was a hoax. If the resurrection had never happened, the book is written, what would happen to our society if people found out that the resurrection was not true? And he writes about all the, the moral collapse that would happen in our society. Now, ultimately, in the book, the conspiracy is exposed as they find the, the villain of the hoax, and he's sent off to a in the same asylum, but the effects in the book happen because people start to believe that the resurrection is not true. See, a world without Jesus Christ would be a dark place indeed. Could you imagine our world without any Christian organizations there to help and to care for and to love people? Could you imagine our world without any churches being there to offer the, the hope and the, and the truth of the gospel. Could you imagine that there be no Jesus in our lives and no real spiritual truth? Our world would indeed be a very dark place. See, the world doesn't understand that without Jesus Christ, it would be a dark place. And, and many believe that our world is always already getting there, right? There's so many that are, are denying Jesus Christ and, and don't even want to talk about it and argue with you if you even bring up the name Jesus Christ. They want, it, they want nothing to do with Jesus. And we see all the darkness in our world because of these lost morals, this lost truth. Disciples and Mary could very well have been feeling this darkness, not only because Jesus was dead, but because when they went to the tomb, they saw it empty. John 20, verse 2, Mary ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And he said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. What a dark place that would be for them, right? They're already hiding in a dark room, right? They were afraid. And now Jesus' body was nowhere to be found. So Simon Peter and the other disciple run to the tomb to see for themselves, and surely they find Jesus' body is gone. The tomb is empty. And they did not understand yet fully what the resurrection was about. They didn't really fully believe what Jesus had said about being raised from the dead, but Jesus was indeed raised. 
Jesus' resurrection has great importance for us because in his resurrection we have hope. We can be confused about this issue at times. We know that on a number of occasions Jesus mentioned that he would be raised from the dead. He did this because he knew the powerful impact that not only his death would have, but the importance of being raised from the dead, returning to life, and ultimately going back to heaven on our behalf. We're told in scriptures that he is a mediator for us in heaven to the Father. What did the cross and the resurrection do for us? Well, first of all, we understand that it is for all. Peter said in Acts 10.34, God shows no partiality. Or again, looking at the, the well-known verse, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that all who believe would have eternal life. It is for all. It's not some secret club. It, it's not so for just a select group of people. It is for all who believe. Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts, uh, said that he created Snoopy, in his own words, as the hound of heaven, the little Christ who afflicts the comfortable and comforts the afflicted. If you look at the, comic uh, the Peanuts comic strip, you'll see that time and time again, Snoopy is the one that comes to save his friends. Like in this one particular comic strip where Linus has lost his blanket and he's looked all over the house for it and he can't find it. So he's desperate and now he's outside and he's digging holes trying to find his blanket. And along comes Snoopy with Linus's blanket in his mouth. And Linus gives him a big hug and shouts out, Snoopy, you found it, you found it, you found it. And in the last frame of, of the comic strip, Snoopy is laying on his, his doghouse like he so often does. And he thinks, you know, sometimes I feel like my existence is justified. <laughs> Jesus Christ gave himself over to service to others. That is true. But his life was really about giving away his life in death so that we might have our sins forgiven and then being raised from the dead so that we might have life a new, eternal life for all who believe in his resurrection. Jesus' life was indeed justified. But second, we see that the cross and the resurrection, his dying and his being raised to life, shows that he conquered death and he is the Lord of both the living and the dead. When Jesus died, it was thought by Satan that he had won a victory over Christ. But when Jesus was raised to life, the victory of God was sealed. Genesis 3.15, you remember, this is right after Adam and Eve have sinned. And they're standing before God, and as the serpent is as well. And they're receiving their punishment from God. And he comes to Satan, and he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring, who represents Christ, that's Christ, and her, I mean, your offspring and her offspring, her offspring is Christ. And he shall crush your head, and you shall bruise his heel. It was even prophesied back in Genesis 3, right after sin came into the world, what God would do. See, the death and resurrection of Christ paid the penalty of our sin and won salvation for us. We're told that Satan would bruise his heel, right? When Jesus was killed on the cross, it looked like a victory, but it's just a bruise, something that, that quickly you quickly recover from. 
But then it says, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he crushed the head of Satan. A crushing blow was his resurrection from the dead. In Christ, we have victory even over death. Acts 10, 39-41. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. Not to all people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. See, once Christ was raised from the dead, he appeared to people so that they could see him, so they could understand that he was indeed alive. Our Lord is alive. He's alive, and it gave them renewed courage, and they wanted to tell people about what had happened. Jesus Christ is not dead. He is alive. And as we said earlier, there's a common saying where, where someone would say, he's risen, and all the people would say, he's risen indeed because they knew that now Jesus was alive. His resurrection has great importance for us, and that he gives us a meaningful life. So there's great significance for you and me through the resurrection, that he has power, not only in our life now, but when we die, he shows he has power over death for us. To understand this, we need to understand what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you have believed in Jesus Christ, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. But to understand what this new is, we first have to understand what is the old? What is our old self? What, what has passed away? We're told in Ephesians 2.1-2, As for you... You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, that's Satan, and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. We were dead in our sins. We were lost in our sins. We were disobedient in our ways. We were doing our own things. We were selfish. We didn't care about God. We didn't care about the things of God. This was our old self. But with Christ, we have been raised to a new life, to a new way of living. We have more patience. We're to be more loving. We're to have hope. We're to have joy. We're to care for one another. We're to forgive one another. We have these new characteristics in our life. We can live a meaningful and purposeful life. We are blessed and we can be fruitful. Paul tells us more about this when he says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin. You don't want to do that sin anymore, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You want to do those things that bring life, that bring love, that bring meaning. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. You don't have to let sin reign in your life. With the power of Christ, you can overcome that sin. So Jesus' resurrection gives us significance to our, our life. The moment we start believing, 
You might be struggling with your identity. You might be struggling to find purpose in your life. You might be struggling with, with some health issues. You might be struggling with all kinds of different things. You might be wondering, what is life to be about? You must be, might be struggling about so many different things. But Jesus gives you answers to them all. Jesus helps you get past that place to where you understand, I have a meaningful and purposeful life. I can be fruitful. I can do really amazing things in this world. Well, the second reason why Christ's resurrection is so important for us is that it has eternal significance for us and gives us hope. Romans 6, 8, read with me. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. See, so what happens is that when we believe, in essence, we're dying to ourselves, so that we can be raised to new life in Christ. And when we die with Christ, by giving up our own selfish, simple ways and say, God, I want to follow you. Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life and believe in Jesus' death and resurrection, then we will live with Christ and it will make an amazing difference in your spirit and in the way you live. He is ever-present in our lives and we will live with him, not only a meaningful life here, but when we die, we will live eternally in heaven with God. That is a great promise, and that is a truth of God. Well, after Jesus' resurrection, he gave a, a final command, and he said this, Go, therefore, and make disciples. You believe, and you know the truth. You have this hope. You have this love. You, you have this new life. But don't keep it to yourselves. Don't keep it to yourselves. If you have the answer to something, to something significant, to something meaningful, if you have the answer, share it with someone else. So go and make disciples. Go and tell people about Jesus. Go tell them what he did. Go tell them how he changed your life. Go tell them how you were, you were selfish and now you're giving. How you were, couldn't forgive everyone, now you can forgive everyone. Tell them the difference in your life. Go and make disciples. So that they too can know and believe and have new life. I mean, it's not just for us to keep to ourselves. The resurrection is about us understanding and believing and receiving this power and this amazing new life, but telling others so that they too... I mean, how many people do you look around and you see them just kind of walking through life, this drudgery, life is just drudgery, and, and they just try to get by day to day. Just try to get by. I just want to get by today. I just want to get through another day. I just want to get past this, this next challenge, this next trial, this next hurtful thing in my life. You don't have to live that way. You can live with resurrection power, rejoicing. Even in the midst of your trials, you can rejoice because God is taking you through them. God is teaching you through them. God is working some good work in and through your life because of them. That is the truth of the resurrection. So I ask you, would you receive him today? Will you live for him today? If you've received him, will you live for him all the more today? See, God gives us the opportunity to make a difference with our life. We can live in a way that makes a difference. First, we have to receive Jesus as our Savior and as our Lord. And then second, God says, live for me. And then third, he says, I want you to love everyone around you with a different kind of love, a love that that really just blows people away. And they're like, well, how can you love that way? Why do you love me that way? Because of Jesus. 
And then fourth, tell people what Jesus has done for you and what they can have in their life. That's what this is about. And so I pray that as we leave this morning that we would not only believe it, but we would live our lives like we would believe it. And we would share this truth with others like we believe it. Can you do that? I hope so. Let's pray.